Here's your host, Alex Garrett. So I get a really big double bonus with my next guest because, A, we're going to talk about the original thing that I want to talk to him about, which is his podcast, Amazing Americans. But then if you opened up the Denver Post, you realize my next guest is returning to the broadcast booth for the Rockies on radio. Jerry uh, Schemmel, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, Alex. Looking forward to talking to you. I'm so honored to have you on, and, and I know I'm catching you Basically, you know, at the start of the season. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to talk about your other venture first, Amazing Americans, because as you know, I talk about adaptability. And this week you have someone with cerebral palsy who's adapted himself to become a triathlon uh, participant and I believe winner. Tell me who is on your podcast, Amazing Americans, this week and a little bit about the show for, for my listeners. Yeah, yeah. First of all, the show started, Alex, about three years ago, and I had this idea in my head forever. I've been in radio for a long time and thought it'd be a, a great show to just do an in-depth interview with somebody that's overcome great odds and uh, has been knocked down and got picked back up or was born with uh, cerebral palsy, like you said. Just those kinds of stories. Anybody connected to sports, uh, the coaches and athletes, amateur athletes, pro athletes, and just inspiring, uplifting stories, and that's how it started about three years ago. And this week is one of those for sure. A guy named Harvey Dawkins from Philadelphia area, and born with cerebral palsy and epilepsy, and somehow has just shocked the sports world by being this incredibly successful triathlete and cyclist. I mean, you're not supposed to be able to run, let alone walk, when you have cerebral palsy. He's doing triathlons, so. Just an incredibly inspiring story. He's an African-American guy that's as humble as you could possibly get. And uh, this guy is just, uh, he's, he's, he's that. He's an amazing American. Well, i got to be honest, I roll right around New York City on one leg. So anytime I hear about people in the disabled community thriving, it's exciting to me as well. Yeah, well, it, it should be. I mean, anybody who has that kind of challenge and can overcome it and still do great things to me is just, uh, it's inspiring, and other people need to hear about those kinds of stories in my mind. With Amazing Americans, is there a certain theme that everyone seems to come to the table with, or are they all coming with different angles and aspects that they bring to their own lives uh, to talk about on your podcast? Yeah, uh, some of it is stuff that people are born with, like like Harvey. like uh, He's got cerebral palsy, so born with that and tried to overcome that. Um, I had Jim Joyce, the former Major League Baseball umpire, who had made the terrible call to spoil a perfect game several years ago. He talks about how that changed his life. So things that people are born with, things that people that happen to people, just anybody that has a, uh, a story of overcoming odds, I like to, to tell it and have them tell it especially. Well, I don't know. It's also Amputee Awareness Month. I don't know if you knew that, but there's Limb Loss Awareness Month. So maybe you'll find a guest on that, too. Nice, nice. I'm always looking for guests, for sure. Well, let's. Uh, so you do that, and and I, obviously in three years it's grown. Uh, what's the response been, and have you found that people are clicking to Amazing Americans? I mean, it seems like you do it every weekend now. Yeah, yeah, it's a weekend show. So we're on about 45 radio stations, and then it's available as a podcast after that, after it airs. Uh, and it's on the weekends for these stations. So like this weekend, it'll air, and then it will be available on a Monday after that for a, a download as a podcast. But the, the response has been tremendous, Alex. It, it really has. And I don't, I don't mean to boast that way, but we have a lot of people who are just faithful listeners. Uh, we put them on a mailing list, and I send them a link every week, or they listen to the radio show or listen to it again afterward. 
And some of the responses have just been, you know, very positive, like, thank you, and I'm inspired by that. Others have been more than that, Alex. In fact, uh, we, we've had a couple of uh, people on this show as guests who overcome alcoholism to do great things. And we had one show where a former Denver Bronco uh, general manager, assistant general manager, talked about his alcohol problem, actually got arrested for DUI and jail, lost his job and all that. He told the story, and after we had no fewer than three people contact us, who said, you know, I got a drinking problem too, and I'm going into rehab. And all three of those people are out, and they're doing great. So the impact is not only you know good good response, but really people taking action with some of our guests, which is what it's all about. All right, I got to ask you because it seems like you're making a comeback onto Rockies Radio. So tell us why your return is a big deal, and and give listeners a little insight into your role as the Rockies play-by-play guy, both now and in your previous uh, tenure also. Yeah, I spent 20 years before that, Alex, in the NBA, uh, two years in Minneapolis with the Timberwolves and then 18 doing the Nuggets. And then in 2010, I switched over here in Denver and started doing Rockies games on the radio, which is what I always wanted to do. That was kind of my dream job. I played college baseball and coached at that level, and it was always my my favorite sport, even though I, I did basketball for 20 years. So did those games for 10 years, and then in 2019, uh, iHeart Radio, which owns the radio station that we're on, the Rockies are on in Denver, went into bankruptcy, and they cut 975 jobs in one day across the country. And I was one of those. I got caught up in that. So lost that dream job two years ago. And then just absolutely crazy between the time that you and I connected and now um, I got the job back. So uh, literally two days before the opening game, which was uh, on April 8th, uh, I got a call saying, hey, would you like to come back? Uh, the guy that took your place can't do the games, and we want to have you back. So uh, I had two two days of prep to get, to get ready for the first, no spring training, no, none of that stuff, and jump right back in the, in the radio booth. Hey, you know what? If they can do a couple weeks of uh, without the, uh, with the lockout, you can do without a whole spring training, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, kind of like the players and the managers, you know, not a lot of time to prep, but, you know, we jump right in. We do what we have to do. All right, can I ask you brass tacks, tacks? Because I've been a big Chris Bryan fan for years, and when he first came up, I was ecstatic because I followed this kid in spring training for the Cubs. But Rocky Mountain High, I mean, that altitude, he could hit some home runs this year for the Rockies, Katie. I, I agree, and he's excited about playing here, as anybody should that's an offensive player, that's a position player, to be able to hit at course field and play here 81 games. Is, yeah, that, that's a luxury because the ball is different. The ball moves, it flies, and you're going to have a better offensive numbers when you play here. So he's excited about it, and you know you, you, you're, um, I think, right on to be a big fan of his because not only a terrific baseball player, but a wonderful human being. I mean, he is the nicest guy you're ever going to run into as a professional athlete. And he wanted to be here, felt like he could help turn this franchise around, get it back in the postseason, and uh, he's just been he's done everything and more. I know that when you sign a free agent, number one factor is money. There's no getting around that. But there's some other factors with Bryant, like his personality and being a great teammate, like great clubhouse guy, and then his wanting to help this franchise kind of turn around. It's just a bonus in my mind. Absolutely. And, of course, it's a franchise that misses Nolan Arenado to this day, do they not? I mean, come on. He was a huge part of the Rockies back then. No question. Yeah. 
And anytime you lose a player like that, Alex, you know this, you're, you're going you're gonna to drop off. You're going to miss that guy big time. Not just his bat, but his play at third base is the best that's ever happened in baseball. He's, he's proven that. So, And a clutch hitter and, and all that. So, yeah, miss him in a big way. We, we wish Nolan the best in St. Louis. But, yeah, everybody misses him. All right, I see Charlie Blackman still around. So obviously he's a big part of this team. Um, what are the Rockies missing? What do they have in depth? Like, what, what, give New Yorkers a feel of Colorado because I feel like we only focus on the Yankees and Mets around here. To be honest, yeah, it, it's a team that was supposed to win. I think sixty-three games, sixty-two games last year, and won seventy-four. So they, they won many more than anybody thought that people thought they would lose a hundred games and, and they didn't come close to that. Um, and this year I think is a better team. I think when you add Bryant and Randall Gritchick and some relievers that they've added, it's just a better roster. So I think what has to happen with this team, Alex, and nobody's surprised by this, they have to play better on the road. They've always had that home field advantage, played great. And they won 48 games at home last year and just could not get it done on the road. They have to be a better road team to be a factor in the national league. So uh, that's, that's probably number one. Uh, their rotation is actually pretty good. Their five man rotation is pretty talented. But if they have some injuries, there's not a lot of depth there. And that's where they really need to knock on wood is that they don't get key uh, starters hurt, especially. So play better on the road. Uh, try to stay healthy with your, with your starting rotation and hope the bullpen kind of finds its place a little bit. Well, you know, this team wasn't far off from being a playoff team a few years ago. I feel like with Blackman leading the team and Bryant now, they can get back there, can't they? I, I think they can. Uh, there's no question about it. And they're gonna, it's going to take pitching. They're going to be better offensively. And they were down a little offensively last year, which has hardly ever happened. They're always good with the bat and, and struggle with pitching at course Field especially. But they were down. It should be a lot better team this year with these additions. And, yeah, you're, you're right, 2018 and 2019, I believe, uh, they made the playoffs two consecutive years. And uh, I think they get back there. They have that type of team. Charlie Blackwell is still producing. I mean, he's still, he's 36 or seven, I think right now. That's still a very good hitter and he hit lead off in their first game. So, uh, he can hit all up and down that lineup. But, no, you got guys like Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant, Randall Gritchick, and Ryan McMahon as a third baseman kind of took over for Arenado. He's a terrific young player. You're going to hear about him. He's going to put up some pretty big numbers. All right. I got to ask about the NL West really quickly because, obviously, the Rockies pretty much got a guy from the NL West into their team now. So a giantless Chris Bryant. You've got the Dodgers, who seemingly win the championship a couple of years ago, look like they're still trying to find themselves a little bit um is there a mix going on you got the the Diamondbacks a big win the other night opening night is this more competitive than it's been in a few years you think I, I think it probably probably is I think it'll be even more competitive than it was last year when people thought San Diego would be a factor and I think the, the Padres underachieved a little bit and had a disappointing season and then the Giants had this incredibly uh, amazing season that nobody saw coming either so it was really a two-team race I mean you, you had you had the Giants last year expected to win 80 games they won 107 to win the division beat the Dodgers so I don't think they do that this year you're right you know Chris Bryant's gone Buster Posey has retired I don't think that um uh, that lightning a bottle is going to happen for the Giants this year. So, but but they're still a good team. San Diego is extremely talented. Then you got the Dodgers. They're the big bad Dodgers, and they have an incredibly potent lineup. And the rotation's always good. Their bullpen is loaded again with Trinan and Craig Kimbrell. Now they're 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 going to be a hundred win team again. Just a matter of whether somebody else can get there too. 
I almost can't believe this team turns 30, but you know, uh, my dad took me to the first ever game at Coors Field in 93, so got to throw that in there. Uh, I was a little, nice. little baby back then, but he tells me all the time that we went out there for that. Nice, nice. You know what? We're just talking about this on the air. That place, Alex, Coors Field, looks exactly like it did when it opened. I mean, the team is 30 years old. The, the ballpark is 28. It looks immaculate, and they've done improvements on it every single year, so it is still, uh, I'm sure Dad had a, had a good time there. It's still a great place to watch a game. And who knows, maybe we'll make an appearance uh, well, one year. I'd love to go back out there. Now, yeah. I love to ask announcers this because I'm not sure if you were involved in 2020 at all with sports, but obviously it was a very strange time to announce during a pandemic. Did you get that opportunity to do some games at least, if not with the Rockies, but, but in Denver uh, during that time? I did, yeah. I was doing uh, University of Northern Colorado, which is a Division One team here in Greeley, Colorado, and I did their football and basketball games. So with football, we actually traveled, but for basketball, I did them remotely. I did them from my office in my home, where I'm speaking to you from right now. And it was it was strange, Alex. It was, you know, you're at the mercy of that video, and especially in basketball, because the play is always happening. You know, the ball is always moving, the score is always changing. There's passes, you know, up and down and all around. And you need to keep up with that as a radio guy. And if the TV, if the video would flash to the you know, picture of the coach or a famous person in the stands, you have no idea what's going on in the court. So you're totally at the mercy of the video. Had a game where the team that I was doing, the uh, UNC Bears, hit a three-second or hit a three-pointer in the last second to tie the game, sent it overtime. The video went out right when he was releasing the shot. Unreal. No idea whether they they tied the game or lost, and and so you're. It, it's tricky. It's it's less than ideal, I always say. It's doable, but it's certainly less than ideal. As someone who's been in this business for 20 years, what's your message to even Denver Coloradans that listen to you on the radio, that are young kids that want to do what you do? What's your message? Uh, my message is this. it's You, you really need to, to succeed in this business. You need passion. And you need a passion not just for the sport, but for the broadcasting of the sport and a passion for painting the picture. And that's what we do as radio guys. TV is different because you have a video. But I look at myself as painting the picture for a listener who's not watching TV, not watching the game on TV, not there live. It's that person you need to paint the picture for. And if you don't have a passion and a little bit of talent to do that, you're probably in the wrong business. So I tell people, and I get contacted by young people all the time, hey, do you have advice for me? And it's this. You've got to work really hard. You got to prepare. You're not going to make a lot of money when you start out, but make sure you love what you're doing because if you don't, you'll never be good at it. All right. I can't let you go without asking about Nikola Jokic because he seems to be the talk of the town in Denver almost all year round now, right? I mean, what about that impact this kid's having in Denver? You know what, Alex? I was in the NBA for 20 years. I've never seen anything like this guy before. He is a unicorn. And I know that that word gets thrown out up there a lot and probably overused, but he is that. I've never seen a seven foot one. He can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot. He, he, he's just, he's, he sees the floor like nobody, like a point guard, like a great point guard. So, you know, it's averaging almost a triple double a game. And, and to me, it's just in this day and age, is in, incredible. And about the time you think you haven't figured out, he does something even more incredible. So he is, in my mind, I'm biased because I get to see him a lot, uh, deserving of the MVP, certainly last year. And I think he should be the MVP again this year. He 
He, I think he does more to help his team win games than anybody. They're missing two superstars on this team all year, all season long, and he and he ends up, you know, they, ten games over five hundred because of him. So, just an incredible joy to watch. I never get tired of watching that guy play. And neither does Denver. All right, I got to ask you this: Amazing Americans, the impact during the pandemic. You said you were inspired a few years ago. Pandemic hits, and I feel like content like what you're producing is helping rally people through this. Did you find that at all during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, I did, and I, and I was hoping that would be the case because we were all we were all down so much. You know, everybody felt the pandemic. Everybody did. And so to, to maybe throw some positive stuff out there that people could download or listen to on the radio, I think it was an outlet for them. I think it was just a, a, an hour uh, a week that they could listen to and kind of be inspired and motivated and feel a little bit better about the world. So, yeah, we, we got that response, and it's really continued. Uh, it looks like COVID, and we're knocking on wood. It's kind of lifting a little bit, and we're still feeling the, the effects of that. So, yeah, I think the answer to that is, is yes. It came, I, I think, anyway, the show at a very good time. Yeah have social media i'd love to get people directed to the podcast to your twitter to your insta whatever you got to let us know yep yep i'm on facebook and then i'm also um on on twitter it's uh jay shimmel six uh at jay shimmel six so yeah that'd be great i would uh i'd appreciate all the followers we can get and especially a chance for people who haven't listened to the show a chance to do that and I would advise if you want to listen to them on the radio, you know, MLB.com offers that app, uh, the beauty of the radio app. Right. Right. Uh, Jerry, I'm sure you get messages from those apps also. Yep, exactly right. And I still think it's a, it's a best deal in sports. You put, I think it's 19.99 for the whole year. For the whole year. You can listen to you can listen to any game, any time home announcers or the road announcers. So you, and plus they're all archived. You can go back and, and, and listen to stuff as well. So every single game is on that app for $20 a season. I don't know if you can beat that. All right. I know you got to go because you got the Rockies, I believe, in a, in a few hours from now against the Dodgers. But favorite call you've done over the last 20-plus years? Oh, gosh. You know, way back when I started with the, with the Nuggets, uh, they – Knocked off. They were the number eight seed in the playoffs and knocked off the number one. That was Denver against the Seattle SuperSonics way back in the nineties, um, and it's the first time the number one had never had ever beaten the number eight. So game five, they played best of five back then. It was probably my, my biggest memory uh, doing the, the Nuggets. And then with the Rockies a few years ago, Carlos Gonzalez, a really terrific player for the Rockies, um, had a walk-off home run that completed the cycle for him. So he won the game with a home run, a walk-off, and he also also completed the cycle of the process, and I had that call. So those are probably the two biggest memories. It's funny you mentioned Cargo because I feel like in New York, we know the Rockies exist. We don't follow them every day, but when you guys have those big players out there, they make national headlines like a Helton, like a Walker, like a Gonzalez. Yep, exactly right, and because they're great players. You know, Nolan Arnato probably the same way, and Troy Tudelitsky. There's been some Todd Helton going back a little further. Been some great players come through here that people just can't ignore. I mean, it hasn't been a real successful franchise, but, man, have they had some talented guys come through here. And you had Trevor Story, didn't you, for a, lo- for a yep. while? Yep, yep. Now he's gone to your favorite team, the Red Sox. To my rival. You know, I don't know what to tell you about that one. But, you know, he was one that also had a pretty big, impressive start, and, and that's why he was such a hot commodity. He, he did, yeah. And I think he still, Alex, has the most home runs of any shortstop in history at his age. I think he's still ahead of A-Rod that way. So, 
yeah, tremendously talented player. And you know what he's going to do? Uh, I, I know he don't like this, but he's going to beat up that green wall, um, and the green monster in Fen- at Fenway. He's going to be, I think, a terrific addition to those guys. Uh, if Garrett cannot be delayed any longer, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, one last thing, biased or not, favorite sport to call. I feel like you're going to say every one of them, but but what's your favorite? You know, I still think that, that basketball is probably, for me, uh, the game of baseball I love more than any the sport. I still love doing basketball, though. I just uh, I love the fact the ball is always moving, especially the NBA. It's so fast-paced now, you know, scoring 130 points a game each team. And the ball is always moving. The players are bigger, stronger, faster, more talented. Three-point shooting has improved. So basketball for me is still really fun because it's just nonstop action. And the challenge is to keep up with all that and keep the, the, keep the picture painted and the, the, um, take the crowd out of it, but use your energy. So I still, I think, probably if I were to pick one, it would be an NBA basketball game. But I know in nine innings, you'll probably fit in some stories you've heard on Amazing Americans. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. (laughs) Not a bad idea. All right. Well, that was Jeffrey Schemmel. Thanks so much for joining. Let's stay in touch and uh, reconnect soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Alex. Good to talk to you. I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting and talking to people who are bringing that adaptability to their airwaves as well. Have a great day.